Well, good evening, everyone. Good to see you. I love that little chorus, you know. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus. This week coming up, I have a busy week, and part of what I have to do this week is two services of of men who have died, and one will be an absolute joy in one sense with dear David Silcock, because David loved the Lord, he knew the Lord, he worshipped the Lord, he served the Lord, and he witnessed for the Lord. And we have absolutely no doubt where David is right now. The other one, I don't know. It's someone that I know through Kingsbridge. But I've no idea as to his physical uh, state. And that is one of the saddest things uh, that, uh, that can be for anyone. And so what can I say? Can I say that he's safe in the Lord's hands? No. All that we can do is to say, uh, God has promised. And share the promises for those who will believe and receive him uh, by faith. Do we have the words for the, in the Bible? For Exodus 30, we're going to, no it's not, Exodus 15. Exodus 15, the song of Moses and Miriam. A wonderful song. I'm going to read it from here because I haven't got my long distance glasses on. I need short distance and long distance now. So that's it. The last time I was here and I thought, I can't see the words. Anyway, it's all right. So this is a wonderful thing that happened after uh, Moses and the children of Israel had actually crossed miraculously crossed on dry land the Red Sea. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's army, sorry, Pharaoh's chariots and his army, he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who oppose you. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood firm like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy boasted, I will pursue, I will overtake them, I will divide the spoils, I will gorge myself on them, I will draw my sword, and my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath, and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? You stretched out your right hand, and the earth swallowed them. 
In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will grip the people of Philistine. The chiefs of Edom will be terrified. The leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. Terror and dread will fall upon them by the power of your arm. There will be a still a stone until your people pass by, O Lord. Until the people you brought pass by, you will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance. The place, O Lord, you made for your dwelling. The sanctuary, O Lord, your hands established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. When Pharaoh's horses, chariots and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought back the waters of the sea over them. But the Israelites walked through them, through the sea on dry land. Then Miriam the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women followed her with tambourines and dancing. Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. The Lord bless his word to us even this night. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, Oh, what a wonderful passage we have before us tonight. And we pray that we will somehow, in some way, we will grasp what you're saying to us through your precious word. We pray that our minds will be clear from the things that trouble us. The things that we know we have to do, maybe when we get home, maybe tomorrow, this week, next week. We pray, Lord, that we'll be focused upon you. We will hear from you through your Holy Spirit tonight. Oh, help us, Lord, to feed upon your word this night, in and through the Saviour's name. Amen. Well, over the years, I've introduced you to uh, different heroes of mine. Uh, I think you know one or two of them uh, by now. But one I maybe haven't mentioned before was a man called Samuel Logan Brendel. He was an American uh, and he joined the Salvation Army. And uh, he felt called into leadership and he was sent over to England to the Salvation Army Officers Training College. And uh, his book is a most wonderful, wonderful book. He was a teacher and a preacher on holiness. And one of the things that Samuel uh, advocated is that the Christian, the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, should always have with them two books. Two books. One, obviously, the book, the Holy Bible, and the other is the song book. And the Salvation Army called the, song, the hymn book, what we know as a hymn book, they call it the song book. You should always have the two books with you. Well, in actual fact, both the hymn book and the Holy Bible, both of these are in fact song books. The Bible itself has over 180 songs within its pages. 80% of them you will find within the Psalms. In fact, some of the 
Uh, there are uh, Christian fellowships even today that sing nothing other than the Psalms. Uh, we have friends who uh, he met and a young girl, they were up in Aberdeen, up at the uh, uh, university, and he met a girl uh, who was on one of the uh, Scottish islands. Uh, very strict, very high church, and well, lovely, lovely people, and they met and they married, and at the wedding, that's all they had, was they, they sing nothing but the Psalms. The longest psalm in uh, the longest psalm is the longest song, 100 Psalm 119. Young people, it's got 1,732 words in Psalm 119. If you want to check it out before you go to bed tonight, that's, uh, just have a look through there. See where we are. Now, if anyone follows Steve on Facebook, you'll probably know already that it's 64 sleeps till Christmas. He starts about June and sort of, you know, builds it up a little bit. And I won't tell you my comments in, <laughs> in reply. But Steve has this thing, and it's just a bit of fun and all. But from today, 64 sleeps until Christmas Eve. And in the lead up to our celebrations, we will be touching on many of the songs within the scriptures. Of course, we've got Elizabeth, who was the cousin of Mary. Elizabeth, when she found out that Mary uh, was pregnant uh, and the baby leapt within her own womb. John the Baptist, who has yet not made his appearance, when, he heard, when uh, Elizabeth heard, uh, she burst into song, a song of celebration. And of course, what we know as the Magnificat is the Song of Mary. In awe and praise at being God's chosen vessel. And what about the angels? Glory be to God on high. Peace on earth and goodwill to all men. The whole sky over Bethlehem erupted into praise and worship and song. Well, our passage tonight, uh, Exodus and chapter 15, it presents us uh, with certain difficulties. How can we encapsulate even these 21 verses into the short time that we have tonight? Well, we can't, so we're going to just look briefly with that attitude of thankfulness, of celebration, and of praise. Immediately we see in that verse 1, and don't worry, we're not going to go through verse 1 by one verse at a time. Then Moses, after they had been delivered, then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord. They sang this song to the Lord. And what follows is the words that they, um, that they shared and the way in which they shared them. It's a song from Moses and the children of Israel, who is it to? To Almighty God. Sometimes we get a little bit confused. We sing, but we forget who we're singing to. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. You know, we weren't singing it to each other. I just love that song, 633. I love it. But we forget who we're singing it to. We forget our great songs uh, of praise. Um, I, I flicked on to 
the God Channel. I found something actually worth watching this morning. And uh, there was this wonderful uh, choir uh, hymn, uh, singing this wonderful hymn of praise. Now, thank thee, all our God. I've never ever in my life heard it sang and played like that. It was a song of celebration to God. They weren't singing to each other. They weren't singing to the audience. They were singing unto God. And I think maybe we should think very carefully the next time we meet for a service of worship like this, what are we singing and who we're singing it to? Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord, not to each other. Very, very important um, thing to note. What were they doing it for? They were doing this to Almighty God for his miraculous deliverance. Having been held captive for over 400 years. Generations had been born and died in slavery. And now, after all these years of Moses crying out now to Pharaoh, let my people go. God's got a message for you, Mr. Pharaoh. Let my people go. Let them go. And eventually, as we've been hearing over the weeks and the months, Pharaoh said yes, and then changed his mind and began to chase them. And this is a wonder, and if that is not worth celebrating, that you are free at last, free at last, then nothing is. This is the Christian's experience. When you give your life to the Lord Jesus, he sets you free, free from the chains of sin, free from whatever. I love that hymn, To God Be The Glory, because it tells us the vilest offender who truly believes that moment, that very second, it doesn't matter what they've done, now, we've, we've heard on our news towards the end of this week about the, uh, the radical uh, Muslim preacher who has been preaching hate and terrorism in this country. Can you imagine if he bent the knee and accepted the Lord Jesus as his saviour? He would be saved. He's, he would be in heaven with us when the end of his life came. And this is the Christian celebration Set free, set free from sin, set free to serve, set free to spend eternity with the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we can separate uh, these 21 verses. We can break them down into, well, someone's described it as uh, four stanzas. There's the prelude that we've just read in that verse one. And then the second thing is they're praising God for what he is. He is our strength. He is our song. He is our salvation. The third thing, praising God and celebrating for what he has done. Victory over the enemy. Wiping, zapping out the Egyptian army. Delivering his people. And finally, what he will do. There's a lovely, lovely chorus. I'll praise him for all that is past and trust him for all that's to come. For all the, you know, friends, we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. We have absolutely no idea. God knows because he's the Alpha and the Omega. He knows the end from the beginning. Nearly three centuries ago, Matthew Henry, uh, one of the uh, 
most recognized of the Bible commentators, um, he expressed his appreciation and his understanding uh, for this passage in, in this way. Uh, and he says we can, we can observe respecting this song because it is an ancient song. It's the first song that is actually recorded in the scriptures. It's the most, in his words, now this is 300 years ago, so it's his words, not mine. A most admirable composition, the content of the song. Its style is magnificent, its images lively and proper. The whole thing, says Matthew Henry, is so very, very moving. And then he says, it's a holy song, because, going back again to that verse 1, it's consecrated in honour of God. They're not singing to each other. They're singing in honour of God. And finally, it's a topical song. The triumphs of the gospel church and the downfall of the enemies are actually recorded uh, at the end in Revelation. And we'll be thinking about that in a moment. And there is that wonderful reflection between Exodus 15 and Revelation 15. But we'll come to that in a moment. So what are they singing God's praises for? What are they giving thanks for? For the exodus to freedom. 400 years in captivity. Well, we've heard over the months of the spiritual battle that was going on following Moses' challenge to Pharaoh to let God's people go. Let them free. Let them free, release them. Eventually, when the time came to go, led by Moses, over two million people set off for the promised land. And then they came to the Red Sea, a seemingly impossible barrier. I remember when we were children, when health and safety was, well, we didn't even know what it meant. We used to just go out playing and we'd do all sorts of things. And, uh, and in Lancashire, there were quite a lot of rivers. And I remember us going out one day and we went down this path where we'd never been before. And suddenly, we came across the river, the River Irwell. And it wasn't very clean in those days and it was very fast-flowing. And we were terrified. What, 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 what can we do? We can, no way can we get across this river. Can we paddle? No, I'm not chanting. No. So what we had to do was turn around and sort of make our way back round the other direction. Well, it was a seemingly impossible barrier that they had to surmount to get from this place over crossing the Red Sea. Until empowered by God, the waters parted. It was interesting that a college in America spent literally millions of dollars. And you may have seen these tanks that they have for test tanks when they're designing a ship and they, they recreate waves and all this kind of thing. Well, what they do, they decided to disprove the Bible. We're going to find out and we're going to show that this is just a nonsense it's a nice little sunday school story so what they did they recreated a tank they got the uh geographical um maps the ancient maps from the time and uh the, guess what they found out uh 
that if a certain wind, and the scriptures tell us a great east wind came, if a certain wind came at a certain pressure for a certain time, guess what? The waters parted. They could have saved the money, couldn't we, and just believed the Bible. But people won't. They'll try and disprove it. Do you know, friends, if they could disprove this Bible, I would be the first one to set fire to it. But no. All scripture is God-breathed. God said it. We believe it. We don't understand it all. Dear Harold, uh, Brian's father, who was a wonderful mentor to Jackie and I, and I used to go to him, oh, Harold, what's all this about? And he'd say, let's see what the word says. And I used to say, you know, Harold, you know everything in the Bible. No, no, he says, I've only scratched the surface. We're never going to live long enough to understand everything. But friends, if we understand one passage, one verse, one text, we're on our way and we can build up on that. Don't worry about what you don't know. Thank God for what you do know. That's the wonderful thing. Well, the waters parted. They all crossed through on dry land. Isn't that wonderful? They didn't even get their feet wet. The whole Israelites passed through on dry land. Once they're on the other side, down came the waters and the whole of the Egyptian army were drowned. Now, I feel sorry for them in one way, but it serves them right. They should have just left them alone. Wouldn't have, but you don't mess with God. No wonder they praise God. You see, people say, oh, you know, God's a God of love. Uh, I can't believe he would have done that. Well, no, you know, there are two sides to God. God is a God of love, but God is a God of judgment. You mess with his people, you mess with God. Remember when Saul of Tarsus and Jesus met him on that Damascus road. And he said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul said, persecute you, Jesus, I've never seen you. I've never seen you in my life before. No, you've persecuted my people. You've persecuted my people. And this is what's happening, friends. Desmond made mention before of the freedom that we have. Nobody's going to burst in through that door and arrest me and throw you all in prison and burn out. Oh, no, it's not going to happen here. But it's happening all over the world today. And Desmond made mention of just one place in China. But throughout the world, many Christians do not have the freedom. And the ones that persecute them think they're doing God a favor. Nobody gets away with nothing. There will be a, uh, there will be a payment in the future. Well, the second part is of our song is celebrating what God, who God is and what he is. They cried out, <coughs> excuse me, he is our strength, he is our song, he is our salvation. I love uh, uh, Psalm 46 and the, the tune that quite often we sing on Remembrance Day. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And that's it, isn't it? I can do all things, said Paul, through Christ, who gives me strength. God is our strength. When we come to the end of our own strength, when we put aside our pride and we say, Lord, I've been trying to do this on my own, 
and I can't, and I need your help. And we fall on our knees, and we cry out, Lord, in your strength, I can do this. But in my strength, in my humanness, I can't. God is our strength. God is our song. And this is a song of redemption. He's bought back his people. He's redeemed them from slavery. Previously, the children of Israel had been singing the blues, uh, the, the old song from the 60s. And very soon, they would be singing the blues again. They, only, they hadn't been on the other side 10 minutes, and they started whinging and whining. And, you know, God had brought about this wonderful miracle. And yet still, they started Oh, woe is me. Better off we would have stayed there in the first place. How human, how much like ourselves were they. There's so much we can learn from them. God is our strength. He is our song. He is our salvation. You know, friends, even Jonah... When he was released from his living submarine, the first thing he does is praise God. And he says this, look, salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. And that's the wonderful thing. Do you know, we are very, very clever. We are very, very able to do so many things. But we cannot save ourselves. And I remember when, um, when Jackie was, I was trying to um, win Jackie for the Lord and share witness to her. And I remember saying, come to a point of the prayer of salvation. And she said, you do it for me. I said, I can't save you. Only the Lord can save you. You have to cry out. You have to pray. You have to ask for forgiveness for being a sinner and receive him as your say. I can't do it for you. God has no grandchildren. We cannot save ourselves. Well, the third part of the thanksgiving was in acknowledging what he has done. There's a lovely little uh, uh, chorus from uh, one of the old, uh, uh, an old hymn. Uh, Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you. What the Lord has done. I think sometimes we do forget, you know, we've got very selective memories. This is why we take bread and wine. Do this in remembrance of me. Because we very, very soon would forget. And when we count our blessings, if we were to sit and make a list and thank God for what he's done in our lives. Oh, my word, friends, it'd be a very long list. Count your blessings. There's a little chorus that we used to sing uh, up in Lancashire, up at St. Stephen's, where we was linked to. How great is our God, how great is his name, how great is his love, forever the same. He rolled back the waters of the mighty Red Sea, and he said, I'll never leave you. Put your trust in me, will you? The things you've got to deal with this week, the phone calls you've got to make, the people you've got to see, decisions you've got to make will you trust him will you trust him for all he has done they are overwhelmed by praise as they recount the miracle you lord opened up the waters 
You, Lord, saved us all. You, Lord, allowed us to cross on the dry land. You, Lord, took us to the other side in safety. Every single one of us. Oh, Lord, we praise you for what you have done. You opened up the waters with a blast from your nostrils. And the waters parted. The enemy came in. The waters closed. And they all drowned. Because God had said to Moses, The enemy you see, you will see no more. I'm going to sort them out. I'm going to sort them. You leave it to me, because I am Lord. The The enemy pursued us. The enemy pursued. And you drowned them all. And no wonder they cry out, Who is like you, O Lord, among all the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? And the answer, simply and profoundly, is nobody. Nobody at all. There is none like God. Isn't it wonderful that God revealed himself to us through the Lord Jesus? And that we have... We are able, through that which he has done, to spend eternity with him, to know our sins are forgiven and our future is secured. It's wonderful. You know, it won't be long before Christmas. I'm getting into Steve's mode now. We're moving towards Christmas. And we think again of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. How wonderful. Well, we can see what he is, we can see what he's done, and finally they rejoiced in what he will do. He didn't just leave it there, what he will do. The people will hear of what has happened, of the miracle of the parting, of the death of the Egyptians, and us being led to freedom. The people will hear and be afraid. Sorrow will take hold of the inhabitants of Palestine. Uh, The chiefs of Edom will be dismayed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, will take hold of them. All the inhabitants of Canaan will melt away. Fear and dread will fall on them by the greatness of your arm. Can you imagine when these tribes that have been mentioned there, have you heard what God has done? Have you heard about these Israelites? Have you, have you heard that he actually opened up the waters? They all passed through on dry land. Then the water, have you heard? We, we just better watch ourselves because God is on their side. And you know, Paul, uh, when he's writing to the Christians in Rome, who were about to face the greatest persecution ever under the hands of Nero. And Paul says, this is wonderful. If God is for us, who can be against us? Isn't that wonderful? Who can be against us if God is for us? And if you know the Lord and you love the Lord, if your name's in the Lamb's Book of Life, if you are wonderfully saved, then... God is for you. Sometimes you might feel in your place of work, in your, the street where you live, you may feel isolated. You may think, oh, I'm the only Christian here. No, well, that might be. But God is for you. God is for you. And he said, I'll never leave you. Put your trust in me. 
can we today, can we today, over three and a half thousand years later, looking back at this wonderful, wonderful, miraculous uh, event in history, can we still have any doubts as to the greatness of God and live a life of overwhelming praise and worship. You know, we think we are pretty clever with our electronic little bits and pieces. Well, they're all right while they're working, aren't they? Our uh, iPhones and our iPads and computers and all this. And then what happens when the screen goes black? Oh, we panic, don't we? We, we, we think we're very clever with all these. Yet, who alone but Almighty God bring about such a miracle except the very one who created the waters himself that lovely old hymn tells us i the lord of sea and sky he made it all therefore he can control it all he can do it he created the great storm uh, when jonah got thrown overboard he created the great fish that came and saved him and he's the one that parted those waters with a blast from his nostrils. Oh, how wonderful. As we have heard of this account of this amazing exodus, will we not develop an attitude of continuous praise and thankful? Do you know, believer, no matter what your situation is right now, the best is yet to be. God's best, the very best, is yet to be. I just want to share uh, in conclusion just a few words uh, from Revelation. I just want to bring these two wonderful chapters. We've got Exodus chapter 15 and quite by coincidence, not Revelation and 15. Now, John the uh, John is, uh, is in... Um, is on the island of exiled onto the island of Patmos. And he says this, I was in the spirit. I was one-to-one with the Lord Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day that I heard behind me a voice, the loud voice of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see write down in a book and this is where revelation comes from see revelation should actually say as it does in mine the revelation of jesus christ he revealed the best that was to be to his beloved john the revelation of jesus christ now he said to john i'm going to show you things and i want you to write them down and they were written for the seven churches in Asia, but they're written for us here in Painton as well. And in Revelation 15, we write, Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues. For in them the wrath of God is complete. And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have the victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark and over the number of his name, standing on a sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sang the song of 
Moses. Isn't this wonderful? Thousands of years apart. And they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God and the servant, uh, sorry, and the song of the Lamb saying, great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you. For your judgments have been manifested. After these things I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven, wow, was opened. How wonderful, how marvelous is this? The song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. The final deliverance from Satan and all the foes of our spiritual life. The song of Moses celebrated God's redemption from his people as slaves in Egypt. And now we find the bounds of redemption history and judgments on earth have shown to be a God of holiness. For they will cause all the nations... To fear, to glorify, and to worship with thankfulness, Almighty God. Between Exodus and 15 and Revelation and 15 is the whole story, all that we need to know. If what we've heard tonight doesn't sort of thrill us and just give us that little bit of excitement about what he's done who he is and what he's going to do, friends, then nothing will. How great is our God. How great is his name. How great is his love. Forever the same. Gracious Lord, we thank you and bless you and praise you again for your wonderful, wonderful word. Your eternal word that, tell, word that tells us all we need to know about this life and the next we thank you, Lord, for the faithful recording of what we've heard tonight. Oh, Lord, we bless and praise your holy name. We pray that we might live a life from this day, a life of continuous thanksgiving and praise, for you crossed us over from death unto life. Lord, we bless and praise your name. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit all be with us all evermore.